Hello and welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends. Us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hey friends. Welcome to episode four. Today we're going to be talking about why and the question of why and why we do the things that we do. But first, what are we drinking today, Clay? Ah, today we are drinking one of my favorite cocktail recipes. We found it years ago in the architecture of the cocktail book that was a gift for me at Christmas time, I think, from uh, my aunt and uncle. And it is called an Allegheny. An Allegheny, if you've never had one, and I've never seen it anywhere else before, so you probably haven't, is a whiskey drink, but it's very citrusy and very dry. Actually, this one we have a, um, it's not whiskey, it's barrel-aged rum from Desert Diamond Distillery in Kingman, Arizona. Uh, which is a harvest house we stopped at uh, along our travels. Uh, but it tastes a lot like a bourbon, so it goes good in this drink. It's delicious. I've always loved this drink. It's fun because it's pink, but it mm-hmm. does not taste like a pink drink. Yeah. No, it has like a lot of dry vermouth in it, so it's like equal parts bourbon and dry vermouth, and then half a part of blackberry brandy, or in this case, it's black raspberry liqueur. Yeah, it's like almost like a Manhattan then. Mm-hmm. But with a lot of lemon juice in it, too. It's tasty. I really like it. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about that. But yeah. (laughs) Fine, then. I was going to tell a story about it. Oh, no. Um, You started making these for a very funny reason. Oh, I did. Mm -hmm. That's true. I started making this recipe because Alleghenies are part of the Appalachian Mountains, right? I believe so. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> we know our mountain geography here. And one of the podcasts we've listened to for a long time, shout out to the McElroy brothers, is The Adventure Zone. And probably our favorite series of The Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone is a real-time Dungeons & Dragons play podcast, real play podcast. Our favorite series of The Adventure Zone that we were listening to at the time took place in West Virginia in the Monongahela National Forest. And so, yeah, we started making these as we were listening to that, as a good cocktail to go along with that podcast. Yes. Yes, I did go very well. That that series of it was definitely my favorite. It was very fun. Uh, we listened to it a second time through when we went to the Monongahela National Forest on one of our camping trips. It was very fun. It was great. The name of the series was Adventure Zone Amnesty, and it's a Monster of the Week campaign. Mm-hmm. And it's very weird and very fun, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think it's it's pretty early in the series of Adventure Zone episodes, so you'll have to kind of scroll back in the feed. But yeah, it's definitely worth a listen. Actually, the whole podcast is quite worth a listen if you're into fantasy, Dungeons & Dragons, or just, you know, people having fun together. Yeah, I, I got really sucked into the story of the Amnesty campaign. Mm-hmm. So... That's a little bit about what we're drinking and where that came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where are we today? Today, we finally made it to Yosemite. Yes, we did. Never we, been here. We are not boondocking like we thought we might be, but that's okay because we have a nice campground spot. We rolled up to the Yosemite Lakes Thousand Trails here and ended up getting a kind of a buddy site, which is uh, where you have like two campsites where two friends campers can kind of face each other and this is one of those things that we kind of always have wanted to do with our friends that we travel with the Epperson's 
we really haven't had opportunity to do it very often. So it's really nice. We got pulled in and got set up and it was so kind of nice here. And it's very, even though it's an RV park and we have hookups for the camper, it's very nature-y and it, there's lots of trees. There's a waterfall like mm-hmm. in the campground. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Jojo got out of the truck. And what did she tell you? She said, it smells so good here. Yeah. It smells like grass and trees. Yes. So we were all very happy to be here and decided to just park here and stay here. And we're very excited about that. Well, what it let us do today was go into the park instead of moving to a boondocking site. Yeah, it did. And it was a really fun day in the park. We got to go in this afternoon after our Easter. So we're recording this on Easter We had our Easter celebration this morning with our friends. We had an Easter egg hunt Mm -hmm. and we had brunch and then we decided to drive into the park and we brought our bikes and Yosemite is such a bikeable park. There's bike trails and paved trails all over the valley. This is our first time in Yosemite and it is stunning. We came through the tunnel and saw the falls and I mean, I've seen pictures of it. I've seen videos of it and it was just... Yeah, it's unbelievable. Amazing. Amazing. I had goosebumps. I almost cried a couple of times. <laughs> when we pulled over along the side of the road mm-hmm. and Jason mm-hmm. was like, yeah, no, this is the spot where Theodore Roosevelt and John Muir decided oh, to make right. the national parks. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Yep. <laughs> There's a little plaque there. That's here. Okay. It's like the, <laughs> where they had their campsite when they decided that maybe national parks should be a thing. It's... It's really, really cool. Really cool. I'm excited to go back the rest of the week. We still have not seen any bears for those keeping track. Uh, They're not bear, real. Bears still aren't real in the Schumacher household anyway. I looked. <laughs> I thought I had myself convinced I saw one. I was like, oh, man, a bear would just top this whole day off because there's snow on the ground still. It's spring, very early spring, and there's been so much snow in Yosemite this year. They're going to have snow for a long time. And it really adds to the beauty. And the falls are just rushing because of all the snowmelt. It was very warm today. And so it's just been, it was magical. I mean, not that it was perfect. Like our our day was mostly good, but, you know, it was tough. We took the kids on a 10-mile bike ride. So there were were challenges as well, but it was mostly very good. They did awesome. They did awesome. It was me that was grumpy. (laughs) I was hungry. I should have eaten some more. You got to pack those bars. I know. I Well, I ate my weight in bacon at brunch, so I was uh, yeah. not very hungry, and then I was suddenly very hungry. Usually bacon sticks with you. So, still no bears. How did, how did we get here, Clay? Like, here? Like, we took, well, we left San Francisco, and we hopped on Route 120 through the mountains. Yeah, I was talking about more, like, in life. Oh, Oh, from that perspective, how did we get here? Yeah, we ask ourselves that a lot. (laughs) So often. That's kind of the theme of the letter today is how we get where we are and what we choose and how we choose it. So with that, we will have the reading of the letter. Why? Dear friend, as you may or may not know, depending on how long we have known one another and how we know one another, I live with my family and travel around North America in an RV. We're on our third RV and this one's an Airstream. 
I know. We're those people. Want to know how basic and annoying I am? I meditate and journal while my husband makes pour-over coffee every morning. We take walks together every morning. We make protein shakes. We do dry January. We're insufferable, but at least we know it. There are four of us in the Airstream, plus an ancient chihuahua with hair loss we adopted five years ago who answers to stink. Clay and I are digital nomads, which means we work annoyingly corporate white-collar jobs while bouncing around to different cities and national parks. We love it, most of the time. I mean, it would be cooler if we were independently wealthy and got to just explore where we're at and post on Instagram or something. Sometimes it feels like we're just working a lot from pretty places. For us, this beats the alternative. We get a lot of questions about our lifestyle when people find out about it, but perhaps the most common is some form of why. Why do that? Why uproot your kids? Why keep them from traditional school? Why not provide more stability? Why? Sometimes people don't ask and they just criticize, but it's generally coming from a place of not understanding our choices. And and I get it. It looks a little odd from the outside. It isn't the script we were meant to follow or what our parents had in mind. The lifestyle by necessity sort of issues most ideals you've been taught to go after. It can seem pretty radical. And societal norms are so ingrained in our own family, we often find ourselves asking why. We are constantly justifying to ourselves why we live this way anytime something goes wrong. And things do go wrong because life is life. Kids get sick, jobs are stressful, things break. It can feel more intense when you're on the road and it's easy to blame everything on your circumstances, especially things you can change. But for many years, we never thought to ask ourselves why when we were living a suburban dream home life. It was a while before we asked, do we need 3,500 square feet? Or why do we need a brand new car? Or why shouldn't my kid do every activity they want to do? Or why shouldn't we travel so much for work? We never thought, is this really making us happy? The thought of living differently never crossed our minds. We were doing what we were supposed to do. I'm not saying you're not actively choosing your suburban dream home life. I'm just saying we didn't choose ours. Not consciously. I'm also not advocating for everyone to go buy an RV and or live on the road indefinitely. Living differently isn't any one thing. I'm advocating for asking yourself why you do certain things in your day, week, or month. Why do I have this job? Why do I accept this commute or time away from my family? Why is this right for us? You might find that it is all very right for you, and I think you'll feel better having examined it. But don't hesitate to try something new in an area that isn't working, isn't bringing you and those around you joy. Disclaimer here that this type of examination and choice comes from a place of privilege. I acknowledge that. I also get that trying something new is scary and people around you may not understand. But it isn't for them to understand, is it? Will you be answering to your critics and naysayers on your deathbed? People who love and support you will love and support you no matter what. They may shrug and say... Seems crazy to me while cheering you on, but they'll still be there. People who love you conditionally will always find reasons to shoot you down. Don't waste your time living your life for them. I've spent enough time there for the both of us. 
So think about what's next. What choices are you making every day that don't feel like choices? What might you want to do differently? Life is hard and short, but it can be fun too if we let it. Go find your own big scary answers. I'll be here to cheer you on as you do. See you down the road, Jane. Well, that was not the tone I was going for, but okay. Talk. Well, I mean, did we find some big scary answers? Yeah, I think we did. Yes. 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 We did, we do. We do. We every day we do. I I I think it started with well, it started way before RV life for us. We started thinking about living life maybe slightly differently than what people expect. Back when our youngest was a, what, she was like eight or nine months old? Yeah. You were, Clay was (laughs) out of vacation and personal time at his job because I kept leaving town for work travel and she kept getting sick and having to go home from daycare and Clay was having to take time off over and over and over again. Yeah, so it got to the point where I was like, well, I mean, this is not sustainable. Right. I'm out of vacation time. We were feeling the pressure of having two full-time, somewhat demanding careers. Right. At the same time. I, I know people do it a lot, but it is not as easy as people make it look. No, and it was really hard for us. And especially with, like you said, she was getting sick so much. And it's like, well, why are we doing this? Why are we making this so hard on ourselves? Like, we don't need this much income. And, you know, we've lived on much less before. And, like, I've always wanted to start my own business. And I've always wanted to be a stay-at-home dad. Like, I mean, that was a big, scary answer, though. It was so scary. It's so scary. I mean, Clay is a software developer and makes good money mm-hmm. and had been at the same company for five. Yeah, almost five years. years. I had just mm-hmm. started a new job and taken a pay cut mm-hmm. to start that job. Yeah. Because the first job that I had when we moved to Bloomington Normal was not a great fit. And I moved to a job that was a great fit, but was not as lucrative. Mm hmm. At least not for several years. And so we were looking at the prospect of making a lot less money. And at the same time, trying to manage a house that was bigger than what we needed. And in in a lot of ways, taking a look at, well, how did we even end up in this house? (laughs) Why did we pick this? This is what we really wanted. And not even, it was fine. It was nice. We had we had some good neighbors. Oh, like, it wasn't bad. There were great things about that house. It wasn't bad, but it was so not us. <laughs> it never felt like... It never felt like home, really. It was well, beautiful. It was really oh, beautiful. Oh, it felt like a nice place to live, but it never felt like our home. Right. Not like for the long right. term. Right. And so part of Clay quitting his job and us just living on less was, what do we do with the house and how do we go about that and so we sold that house and bought a smaller house our and the first house that we wanted was 
a much smaller house. I think we had this inclination mm-hmm. to get rid of things and downsize before we ever knew what RV life was. Yeah, you all know this. If you are living this life <laughs> that we, this American dream, right? You build up stuff. The longer so you stay somewhere, much stuff. And maybe you're better about it than us, but stuff builds up. And it starts to feel like it's weighing you down. Oh my gosh. It is such like a weight. Right. And and you can't use 3,500 square feet worth of stuff on a regular basis. <laughs> At least we couldn't. Well, yeah. And not only we were that, never home like, enough anyway. <laughs> yeah. If you have a bunch of stuff in your garage, you have to keep it organized. If you have right. a bunch of stuff in your basement, oh, you have to organize that. Goodness. If you get new stuff because, you know, you have birthdays and holidays and all that and everyone wants to give you stuff and like hey that's awesome thank you for all the stuff however oh my gosh we we have to get rid of some right right and i think there was i had this like sentimentality attached to stuff for a long time Mm -hmm. of like not wanting to get rid of things because i felt bad because someone gave it to me or Mm -hmm. something like that and then eventually once we started purging and getting rid of things it was very freeing I thought I kind of let go of those expectations and just keep what was important to us and what served us well then. And so anyway, that that led to kind of redesigning our life the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clay being a stay-at-home dad and starting his business, us moving to a different neighborhood that we ended up really loving. Yeah. And a small, slightly smaller house. Not as small as I initially wanted. I wanted this old, I wanted a, this perfect tiny mid-century modern uh but, but it wasn't sold. that much bigger than that one it sold before we could, yeah. <laughs> could buy it which no and that would have forced us to downsize yeah so, it didn't have a basement or an attic which right. is where we shoved all our shit the house we ended up house, getting yeah. was a hundred year old four square beautiful like craftsman style four right. square mm-hmm. that needed some work right but it also had attic and basement storage so a lot of that stuff that we had we got rid of a lot and it had a we garage did. and it had a detached garage yep so we got rid of a lot but we also we kept a lot in the attic we kept a lot in the basement right and we still had that weighing us down we did we did that was kind of the initial redesign we ended up going down to one car for a while which is interesting if you've ever had a family with one car in a suburban life like that because grace our oldest was a competitive figure skater at the time so there was a lot of running her to the rink and back and forth. And I was going to the airport a lot for work. Luckily, it was a small town, but large enough to have Uber. So that worked out pretty well. But Yeah, we did we, okay. We tried really hard to, you know, simplify. And I think we did pretty well at it. But I think we forgot the part about, like, we had the urge to do it. We always try to keep one night a week free for family time. Mm-hmm. But we sometimes failed at that. And I think it was hard with kid activities and things like that. And it was very rat racy. We had this urge to to simplify our evenings and our time together as a family and really spend time together. But it was also hard not to give in to the pressure of all the things that we everyone wanted to do. And we were involved with the church and what did that look like? And it was just very we you know we didn't quite finish the 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 life redesign at that point well and i think it's man not finish finish is not the right word but right number one you're never gonna finish right you're always 
changing. We're all always changing, and that's like good and normal. That's so true, yes. But I mean, number two, like you can't do it all at once anyway. Like we've done some like lots of changes at once, and it's nearly broken us. <laughs> it's like the only way we know how to do anything, though. I think. Oh my gosh! When we okay, so this is uh, skipping ahead probably a lot, but when we moved sold that house yes and moved full-time into an rv yes and even though we'd been living on the road the better part of i was starting a new remote job full-time and we were trying to start a startup we were starting a startup and i was quitting my full-time job you were quitting your full-time job for the first time and (laughs) and 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 Uh Uh that was a really exciting but very very hard couple of months yes yes it was I sometimes look at those spurts of time and I think, how did we function? I know. <laughs> and we were getting the new rig and getting it like get the getting the solar and batteries mm-hmm. set up and all this stuff like in the span of like three weeks. Yeah. No, it's it's funny <laughs> when you look at stuff like that. I think like most people have this thing where like when you have a new baby, you have a big change, something like this, like. Right. You just get to the point where you're just doing the next thing. Right. And that's yeah. all you, you can do. You get very in the zone. And that's mm-hmm. kind of an okay place to be sometimes, I think. But it's not sustainable long term. No, it's really not. Sometimes I like to think it is, but it's not. <laughs> Maybe at one point in my life. <laughs> that would not be happy for me long term. No, 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 no. I think and it was interesting to do something so hard and complicated with the kind of idea that we were simplifying our lives. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think that's that's the thing that we talk about a lot, I think, in terms of our lifestyle and the questions we still ask ourselves about why do we keep doing it and what's the like appropriate pace of travel and you know, what are our goals and why do we keep doing this? Well yeah. I mean so we should talk a little about what we're doing right now. So kind of like the, the meat of like the, the nitty gritty of how we live is we are in an airstream, and we talked about that in the letter a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which is a 30-foot travel trailer. There's bunk beds for the kids, and we have a, a sort of bedroom, and, and that's kind of, the, if you're not familiar with RVs, the airstreams are the silver bullet type a- RVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very classic looking. You know, they're not, they don't have any slides or anything. They're not big. Um, they're big-ish, but not, not very No, there's big. one aisle from the front to the back. Yeah. And... Like so a small our fifth bedroom wheel with was a curtain. like the size of a semi. This is much much smaller than that, it, but but very well laid out and and very nice. And so that's like our home. That's where what we live in. The the moving it around. We we tend to move once a week, sometimes once every two weeks, depending on what we're doing. And so we're you know driving on a Saturday or Sunday or sometimes both depending on how far we're trying to go or if we're staying at Harvest Host or something in between for fun. So we are typically spending anywhere from two hours to six or eight hours driving over the weekend, mm-hmm. and that you know includes stopping at some cool places, things like that. And then on you know Monday to Friday we're working a normal week. Well, I was Clay is mm-hmm. I. I I got fired uh, about a month ago now, two months ago. I can't remember. It was somewhat expected, but not. It's a long story and probably not for the podcast, but (laughs) 
really sad right now. But I lost my my corporate gig, and or I guess it wasn't corporate. I worked for a venture capital firm, mm-hmm. so that that went away. As, but I still work Monday to Friday. We that's the schedule we keep. We and the kids do school Monday to Friday. They go to a private online school. So kind of those we're still keeping. This is our choice mm-hmm. partially. Totally. We still keep pretty traditional hours. We have flexibility around that, uh, especially the girls and I do. We can, you know, we'll take a day off or get school done earlier or later and go to a zoo or a children's museum or things like that. Um, because they go to a, an online school, they do have work they have to get done. We can't just like take a day off and never make it up, but <laughs> but they have some flexibility there. So that is kind of the the meat of our lifestyle, like what we're doing. We go to a lot of national parks. We go to a decent number of cities. We like to visit all kinds of attractions, like museums and things like that. But sometimes, well, some of us like museums, some of us don't. (laughs) We really, um, sometimes it's just being where we are. So like when we were in Baja, we really enjoyed being on the, the beach and just kind of, camping on the beach and that was the whole point of it mm-hmm. uh, so it really can vary a lot week to week and we tend to slow down in the winter and that's one thing that I think we've asked ourselves why and, and kind of come around to wanting to move a little slower for parts of the year because we realized that well yeah so ugh, when we were first on the road right we still had the house right and so we came back for the holidays mm-hmm. we ended our trip our four-month trip um three-month trip i guess that one was and you know at the beginning of december we were we were back at the house for december and january right and that actually worked pretty well it did it did i think for me i hated moving in and out of the rig it's a (laughs) lot lot of work work. Mm -hmm. i think a lot of work so it feels because it feels like almost like moving house you know twice Mm mm-hmm because especially when you're out for that long, but any time, and that's why I admire weekend warrior campers so much with RVs because you are moving so much of your life into that RV, <laughs> especially for a longer trip. Well, but it's funny though, like it almost seems like people bring more when they're just going for a weekend. It's so true. You can, yeah, we always joke that you can tell like weekend campers versus full timers based on how much stuff is out at their campsite. Right, because it's like, well, if you're just like going for the weekend, right? You just, yeah. Another thing, throw it in there. Yeah, just shove it in there. Whatever, it doesn't yeah. have to have a good spot. Whatever, it doesn't fine. matter. When, yeah. when you're on the road, long term, something that saves you a minute on setup and takedown is worth it. It is. It is. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like we're always refining. It's part of the lifestyle, and it's kind of. But we also enjoy that. I think Mm -hmm. we are always we are the type of people who are always saying, "What can we do better? How can we be better? How can we make this better? How can we, you know, both like from a personal standpoint and like a personal growth standpoint and like a practical standpoint of like, how do we set up our camper better? How do we? Yeah, I mean, I don't even think we're thinking about it that much. It's just like. No, but when I think about like what drives a lot of our conversations and what mm-hmm. we're talking about, it's like what are the pain points and like how can we address how do those? We address that? Or like what are our mm-hmm. dreams and how do we get there? 
yeah, so I think that that's like what's behind a lot of our asking ourselves why is why are we doing this? Why do we want to do this? It has a lot to do with yeah, what are we dreaming of? Where do we want to be? You know, what are the needs and desires of everyone in our family? And kind of how do we go from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think there's times where you joke to, you know, or I guess not joked that when we first, you know, when we do too much at once, it almost breaks us. I think there's a few times that on the road that we've really seriously considered going back to a more traditional lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's been like big events for the most part. And it's kind of, I mean, I don't know, maybe. It's I'm, good to reconsider. Yeah. I think we need to, we need to always ask ourselves, is yeah. this still working? Is this still working? Yeah, exactly. And I think. Or would we be happier doing something else? Now? Right. So when I think about those events, I think about last Easter, actually. So like a year ago, mm-hmm. we were in Florida and we were set to leave Florida on Easter. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we were getting ready to leave. We'd been in Florida for longer than I ever cared to be in Florida again, probably. And <laughs> it's just a long time to be in a very similar place. Yeah. But we were moving a lot. So it wasn't like we, I think if we had a monthly somewhere, we we love St. Augustine and Jacksonville and parts of Orlando. And I think if we'd had like a monthly site there and stayed there, we would have been really happy about it. But we were well, yeah, bouncing we learned all, that. We, we were bouncing all over Florida our first winter on the road mm-hmm. and we were so excited to be on the on the way out of town we were getting going and uh, we were driving along i4 mm-hmm. which if you've driven on i4 and especially in the winter it just goes from one side of florida to the other tampa right. to daytona right and it is i've listener friend <laughs> we have been on a lot of roads like yeah Many, many, many roads. Physical and now, metaphorical. <laughs> now in different countries even. Mm-hmm. And we've driven all over the place. I-4 is hell. I don't know about that. It is the worst. It is by far the worst. We were on I-4. We were. And we were in the right lane, just cruising along, doing our thing. This was our with our big fifth wheel, so we mm-hmm. were very large. And no issues. You know, traffic wasn't that bad. It was a Sunday. It's Easter. And someone was in the middle lane or the, the lane over to the left of us. Mm-hmm. And they stopped suddenly with their turn signal on. Like like they were going to make a turn on the interstate. And yeah, this is what I'm talking like about in Florida ch- <laughs> and I-4 is that yeah. these people cannot drive. It's so many tourists and people who maybe shouldn't be driving. and <laughs> Well, yeah, I think there's like a, a terrible combination of like a lot of people there who are in rental cars. Right, yes. Right, who maybe don't drive a lot normally or that's don't right. drive right. in that's big right. cities normally. Yeah. yeah. Right? And yeah. so you're talking about, you know, changing lanes on the interstate. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got other people who... Uh, maybe driving has gotten harder for them over the years. Yes. But there's a lot of people, and this is what happened, right? Who drive really fast. So they stop to change lanes. They stop. They, their exit is apparently like literally right there. and They're going like, to literally make a Just right Just stop turn. in the middle of the highway. <laughs> they stopped in the middle of the highway. And, and so that I'm is like not slowing the... down. Yes. So Clay starts to slow down. But I'm not in their lane. I'm in the lane next to them. Right. But knowing the behavior of people mm-hmm. who... I was will... going to let them over. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, but they didn't get over. No, they didn't get over. They're just like. So then this causes a chain reaction, right? Like the people in the middle lane start slamming on the brakes, slamming on the brakes because everyone was flying up the middle lane. Mm-hmm. And they're sl- and not understanding. And people not understanding why Clay is slowing down because they can't see around our giant camper are flying into the middle lane to try and go around us, even though they. It, it all happened very fast, but this is. Yeah, this happening. is a theory, right? This is, this is what I assume happened. <laughs> they. They all slam on the brakes. So we hear crunching mm-hmm. and screeching brakes. And the next thing we know, we... No, I see... In, you saw it in your In mirror, my right? driver's side mirror. Yeah. You, you saw the whole thing? You saw him hit the other car? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. wow. No, the there was a Jeep Cherokee uh-huh. that flew up around us uh-huh. and smashed into the back of those cars that had stopped. Hit the car in the left lane. Mm-hmm. And then bounced into us. And then hit us. Yeah. And we are le- very lucky um, for a number of reasons, many, many reasons. And one of them is that we have a very, we had a very large rig and a very large truck and where they hit us on the rig and everything, we almost didn't even feel it. Yeah. No, I mean, like we got a, fl- we, it blew the tire. Yeah. Right. And it put a little hole in the side of the rig. Right. And I mean, it was. Tore off some. The insurance like estimated. fender. Yeah, the ins- insurance estimated it was like $3,500 worth of damage. So yeah. it's, it's not nothing, but it was. Right. But it immediately after, we had no idea how bad it was because it was on the driver's side of the rig. Mm-hmm. And we could hardly even get over there because there's like hardly any shoulder on that highway. Yeah, we were pulled off, but yeah, yeah. it was rough. It was really, we, we ended up calling roadside to switch our tire so we could get going again. But. That was one of those times where I was just like, I think it was for me, it was the, it was a few things. It was the emotion of my house has a hole in it, which is what I was crying on the side of the road and how quickly you could see your living space just unusable. Ours ended up being usable, but we didn't know Mm -hmm. because they hit the slide and we weren't sure if the big slide could go out and we couldn't really use that camper without it. Um, so, you know, just that, like, oh, my goodness, someone hit my house, and now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, those kinds of things can happen in a sticks and bricks house, too. It's just, yeah. I mean, literally <laughs> cars do drive into houses occasionally. Yeah, but I think at traffic accidents, especially on I-4 in Florida, are more common. And so that kind of, I felt very exposed. I felt very yeah, I think exposed is the right word for it. Mm-hmm. And I also felt, uh, truthfully, very anxious the next 17 times we drove with that rig. Mm-hmm. Maybe forever. Yeah. I don't think it ever goes away completely, right? No. And there and there was just nothing we could have done differently. It was just no, bad we, luck. Yeah, it was. It was just really bad luck. And it, it ended up Maybe I could have thrown fine. my blinkers on or something. I don't know. But It yeah. <laughs> ended up fine. Yeah. But also not great. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it cost us money. It cost us time. It, anyway, yeah. It, it, was, it was tough. That was one of the tough times where we were like, what are we doing? I mean, I, and we hadn't really but, had the best time in Florida either. And so it was just like, what the well, fuck are we doing? Saying we hadn't had the best time in Florida skips a lot of really good stuff we did. There in were Florida. so many good things. Also, I was just really tired of Florida. Well, and I think we learned that winter that 
moving every week in the winter when the days are not very long mm-hmm. yeah. is really and the, hard and, and the really few tiring. places that you can be with an RV are very crowded. And especially with a large RV. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that we we learned, like, we changed. Last winter, we stayed in the same place for two months. And that worked really well. And right before that, we switched from <laughs> the 40-foot rig to right, yeah. our Airstream, which is much 10 better. feet shorter. <laughs> much better in a lot of ways. Yeah. In almost every way. So that that was one of the times, I think, that I was just like, what the hell are we doing this? I think on a you know on a semi regular basis, you know, if it's bad weather or something like that, and we're all stuck inside and we're kind of grumpy and all trying to get work done, but kind of on top of each other, which honestly is a feeling I felt in a house sometimes. I have to remind <laughs> myself of that. <laughs> yep. I think I sit there and I go, "Well, what the hell are we doing this for? Like, we could just go back to house." Well, and we could, and that's and like could. a. We could. We could. We totally It's always could. on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think what it comes to is like we've, well, we still haven't seen bears. They're not real, Clay. <laughs> we established like, this. There are no bears. Then we have days like. There, there's just no bears. Yeah. They don't exist. Okay. I think we'll see one. But no, we have days like we had today where, okay, maybe we didn't see a bear, but. Oh my gosh, we were in one of the most gorgeous places we've ever been. And there's no way we would have been here. Right, exactly. Exactly. There's it's gotten us to places where we without being on in an RV. I mean, I think maybe if we'd done like a summer out, you know, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. there are places we we would have gotten here potentially and some other places. Because it takes a long trip, right? To be able to get to some of these places and really experience them. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not easy to fly to. I mean, here, Yosemite's not so bad, but they're not easy to fly to. They're not, it's not, you know, you maybe get to go to one of these places a year. Right. But, like, we were able to spend today, Easter Sunday. Yeah. Like, having a great morning and then all the afternoon and evening in a national park that we've wanted to be in for years and years. Right. Right. And we have all week to spend here. I mean, like, obviously during the days yeah. we're working, you know, it's still real life. Right. But like in the evenings, instead of driving to the climbing gym in Bloomington, we get to drive into the national park. <laughs> yeah, but we're not climbing right now because it's all very snowy. Yeah, you can't climb right. Well, well, well people we are people climbing. We're not climbing. We're not climbing. We're not that good. Also, we would be bouldering and it's very snowy and muddy on the ground. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things where everything is so intense. You feel things so much quicker and harder (laughs) in this lifestyle, which is such a positive and a negative. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Hmm. I think one of the other things, too, is we've been talking about recently getting off the road or not getting off the road, but like maybe getting a house and having a home part time Mm -hmm. sometime in the next couple of years. And I think part of why I was really romanticizing that was because we were having a difficult time recently with the weather and things just kind of feeling like they were all like it was a lot of little things. March, March was tough. March was rough. And March was great. 
Yes. But there were a lot of changes of plans. Yeah, it was tough because we made all these really exciting like state park reservations and things in California. And they one of had... the reasons we got smaller rigs <laughs> was for California state parks. Spe- yeah, specifically for California state parks so that we could make the most of our time in California on this trip. Yeah. Is for those I don't know how much we've talked about it. We are midway through a trek from Baja, Mexico, Baja, California, Mexico to Alaska. And so we're moving fast right now and we're going to be moving very fast and doing a lot of driving to get up to Alaska. We'll spend some time in Alaska and then we'll come back down. Mm-hmm. That's kind of our, you know, through that'll carry us through the summer this year, 2023. We and then we'll kind of slow down a little bit again. And so that's kind of the the trek we're on. And it's this caravan with our friends. And it's very exciting. And, and we had looked for, so forward to some things. And you you get used to having to change your plans, to, to wanting to change your plans and being able to. And so yeah, it's you, nice. you're flexible and that's great. But man, the, especially in places like California or the Northeast where there's fewer places to camp than somewhere like the Southwest. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more people wanting to camp. It is challenging. (laughs) This is the best thing I can say about coming up with a last minute plan. You know, I actually thought like overall the process of doing that went pretty well. It was okay. Like yeah, when we think, couldn't go to Pismo, we found a little county park in Ventura County. Yes. I think you just, people talk a lot about decision fatigue in this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, that is, a, you know, a pro maybe, or at least something that keeps people in a more traditional lifestyle is that you're not deciding it because it's kind of decided. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's something to be said for that. And I think everyone's wired differently. I, you know, I don't, I would never, and I said it in the letter and I mean it, I would never advocate for everyone to go do what we do. Just like I would never advocate for everyone to live in the same neighborhood or send right. their kids to the same school because everybody is so different. And differences in our communities are what make them vibrant and cool. I would say, like, I recommend RV travel if you can at all stomach a road trip. I do recommend doing this, like, I would say up to a year just because it gets you so into places and so integrated with them in a way that other types of travel don't. And I think it's a really good perspective to, anyway, we were talking about this today. Like, there's so much shit going on in the world. There's Mm. so much problems and it seems it always i think it probably always seems like more than there ever has been and (laughs) you know it's like it's entropy but also it's just like frame of reference and you know everyone's like well it's always gotten worse my whole life and so i think (laughs) you're just more perspective you're more aware and you're older and and these these things and and so i think there's some of that but if there are a lot of challenging things going on in the world a lot of bad things and a lot of things that we need to, you know, stand up for and all these things. But also, there's so much good. And I think this kind of travel and other kinds of travel and other things that you can do with your time if you choose to 
look at things a little differently, remind you of how much good there is. Mm -hmm. Remind you of how much beauty there is. Yeah, I tell people all the time, like, (laughs) I'll get people asking, like, oh, are you sure it's okay to go there? Or, like, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, like, (laughs) I tell people all the time, like, you know, obviously, (laughs) your mileage may vary. Right. And I understand that, like, some of this could be, you know, because my experience as a white dude might make things easier for me. But, like, everywhere we have gone, we have met amazing people who have been super kind to us. Yes. People who could be 100% different from us. Yes. In their beliefs, in, you know, what they're doing, you know, on, on any end of any spectrum. Yes. But, like, everyone's just out there doing their thing and, like, being cool to their fellow humans. Yes. I, and, like, the more of that that we can experience and spread, like, the better, right? Right. Exactly. And I think that, you know, for instance, if some of those people, you know, are have what I would consider to be, like, problematic views about some things, like, the the changes that we want, the changes in voting, the changes in things like that that we want to see, I firmly believe aren't from shouting to different, you know, to our opposing cable news channels. It's from building friendships and being able to bridge those gaps, especially for people like us who are in a privileged position and can safely bridge those gaps. Right. (laughs) And so I think, but I do think it's really fun and encouraging to see the good side of things and the fact that m- a lot of people, I would say most people when presented with someone, a human in front of them who needs help will help them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Not always, not every time. No. But I just think maybe I'm a little too optimistic. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the, that's the view that this has given me. Yeah. And I think noticing that more, like, right. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Right. Exactly. It, it can be easy to, uh, man, and like you said, there are there's a lot of tough stuff, but it can be easy to focus in on problems, right, and miss out on all of the like small good stuff that's happening everywhere. Well, and some of it isn't. Some of it's just the perspective of being in nature, too, for me. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's not even necessarily, like, the good human stuff. It's, like, all the other things, too. Like, the world is... And, yes, climate change is real and problematic, and we need to worry about it. But also, my God, the Earth is beautiful. Like, isn't it amazing we get to live here? Like, it is so cool. Yeah, we should not take that for granted. (laughs) It is so cool. And there is so little in my like moods that a walk in the woods can't help. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every time we get out and hike, bike, anything like that. Yeah. And I, I sure. think those are the things that I would encourage for getting, you know, perspective. Yes. I don't agree. I don't, I don't encourage necessarily everyone to go live in an RV or travel in an RV even, 
But if you can escape to outside, whatever outside is around you, mm-hmm. on a more regular basis, if you can set aside more time to not have plans. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you can. Like, those are the things that I think I would encourage. That those are the things to start with, right? Like, what are what are the things that you want in life? Like, where where do you, where do you want to... I don't know. I don't even say want to go because I don't really have a five year plan. <laughs> no, no, I, no, not at all. It's no. what? What are the? What are the priorities? Like, what do you? What do you want to spend your time? Yeah. And like, maybe you can't get there today or tomorrow, but like, what are you working towards? Right. It's like, what are you gonna regret more? Mm-hmm. Like going and trying something that ultimately didn't work out, or having never tried it at all. Right. Exactly. I think that's been our approach to a lot of things in life. And I think our part of our approach too is just we could wait till we're retired, but two things: one, we wouldn't get to enjoy it with our kids, which I think is you know maybe selfish in some <laughs> ways because I love seeing their reactions to this stuff. And I love it's. I don't think getting, it's selfish because they'll tell you that that yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I love I love getting to it's do great. this with them. It's yeah. fantastic. And two, we're not guaranteed anything. Like who knows about retirement. I don't I don't know if I'll be as physically mobile in retirement as I am now. I probably won't be. There's there's a lot to that. And so if we have the opportunity to we had an opportunity and we jumped on it. And I think I encourage people to say yes when opportunities come along. Yeah. Big or small. Yeah, for sure. It it's you know, it's your window. <laughs> to your window, yeah. Uh, I, you know, and I think uh, we have followed uh, the Keep Your Daydream family for a while, mm-hmm. and they say start small, start now. And I think you can t- apply that to they have, they'll apply that to like your rig or if you're going to be RVing or other things like that. And I think mm-hmm. you know you can pl- apply it very literally like that, and you can also apply it to you know making small changes or asking yourself some questions and and saying, you know, where, what are my big scary answers and what are the small things I can do now Mm -hmm. that, that can get me towards what that is, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's not anything different about your housing. Maybe it's just a different job or, you know, starting on a book that you've been wanting to write. Yeah. Spending more time with a person you like. Right, you know all all of those things. Giving up a hobby that isn't serving you and picking one up that is. And trying yeah. trying a sport for the first time in your thirties or forties or fifties. It's never too late. No, it's not. And I think climbing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I didn't start climbing until my thirties. I'm mm-hmm. not great at it. I love it. It's fantastic, and those kinds of things you have to be open. I think that's kind of the mindset that Mm -hmm. I would encourage is like an open mindset of where, you know, where can things take you and yeah. What, what is it doing for you and those around you? And are you happy about that? Yeah. I think it's like when we were deciding whether to come to Yosemite or not, it's like, we don't know how things are going to be there. Nope. It's been, really snowy hella snowy really really snowy but like i kind of think we just need to go and see (laughs) i was listener i was 
feeling pretty beaten down <laughs> by all of the decision fatigue and already I just want to throw in the towel and get off the road. I was having a rough month. Yeah, that and I think it was really I'm glad that Clay pushed it because it was great. To, and not pushed it in a bad way, but just kind of kept saying, I think we should go. I think we should go. Because just today, just getting to ride our bikes around and see the waterfalls and the snow and the trees, and it's that it was worth it. 100% worth it. The drive-in was sketchy, though. <laughs> the drive-in was awesome. It was amazing. Into this campground? Like, on 120? Yeah, it was totally fine. It was totally fine and also a little scary. I was talking about the drive into the park today. No, but... I, no, the drive into the park is fine, whatever. <laughs> no, the drive into this campground was fine too. But no, I mean, I think that's that's kind of like applicable though, right? Like ask yourself why. Yeah. If you have something you want to try, just try it. I think, that, yeah, and, and I think... Just go and see. And this is the last thing, and it's cheesy and cliche, but also, like, don't worry about what other people say. Just, you can't. Like, and I think that's something that is really hard to get to when you're younger. And the older you are, the easier it is to say, I'm out of fucks to give. But I think it's it's hard, especially when you get negative feedback from people that you trust and don't expect it from. And I think, you know, concern is one thing and questions are good, but, you know, if you're getting, if you're getting kind of constant negativity for living a life that feels true to you, you know, that's, that's a them problem. That's not a you problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, (laughs) You're always going to have people telling you you can't. So much. Right? No matter what. No matter what you're trying to do. Don't let it stop you from trying. Don't let. And you know what? You might try. And you might realize, actually, that kind of sucked. But then you know. Yeah. But you can't take someone else's word for it. But if you never try. Yeah. Then you'll never know. So go find your big scary answers. And we'll be uh, cheering you on here. Please let us know. Yeah, so thanks for coming along with us on this. We want to hear about your big scary answers too. And Jamie, where can they find us if they want to let us know? Listener, you can find us at Substack, where we put out letters twice a week on Mondays and Fridays. It's lettersfromtheroad.substack.com. You can also find us on Instagram at lettersfromtheroadpod and on Twitter, I guess, at LFTRpod. Twitter and Substack are fighting right now, so that's a whole thing. And then you can also send us an email at lettersfromtheroadpod at gmail.com. But until next time, we'll see you down the road. Bye.